0: Passions, beliefs, life stories, helpful resources for the senior living journey. Discover it all here on the People of Abomir Pod as we get to know our residents, employees, and partners one-on-one. I'm your host, Thomas Cloutier. Welcome to the People of Abomir Pod. This month, we're honoring Black History Month and the American Heart Month. In honor of Black History Month, get to know a few of the many individuals who made a tremendous impact in the United States and the world. Follow any Abmir community on Facebook or Abmir Health Services on Instagram. To recognize American Heart Month, we are thrilled to host Meredith Collette, Business Development Director with the American Heart Association and their Heart and Stroke Walk. She has served with AHA for over two years and is passionate about health and well-being. Meredith is a California native and now resides in Oregon. She enjoys the outdoors, running, hiking, camping, and traveling. And you can also find her enjoying a good book or cooking up something delicious. Meredith earned her bachelor's in public health from Oregon State University. Welcome, Meredith. Hello,
1: Thomas. Thank you for having me. Um, I actually just wanted to say this is my first uh, podcast ever, and I have been like waiting all week for this. I'm like, this is so exciting. It's my first one. Really excited to have a platform just (laughs) talk about heart season stroke and the Heart Association, what we're doing with Heart Walk. So I feel like I've been building my week up to this. So thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm really glad you're here, my friend. Uh, And we're here to talk about a lot of different things. You, Heart Walk, all of these exciting things going on. So we're just here to discuss a crucial topic, especially for older adults, which is heart health. What puts a person at risk for stroke and heart disease?
1: Yeah, I think that is a wonderful question. And I do just want to start off by saying I am not a medical expert. So it is really important to make sure you are speaking to your doctor about specific risk factors that we all face, um, but then ones that you might be facing. But I do want to share a couple common risk factors that I know we can all help to manage. Um, and so the first one being hypertension, also known as high blood pressure. So hypertension is a leading cause of heart disease and stroke, which is really, really, really important. I'll probably emphasize this million times in this podcast, but to know your numbers, what is it reading? Is your blood pressure high? Talking to your doctor about how to manage your high blood pressure. um, and then the steps to that. So again, just knowing your numbers. The second one smoking, I'm sure people have heard this for like years on years on years, but smoking can double your risk of stroke. So again, talking to your doctor about how to quit steps to doing that third one is diabetes is a huge risk factor. So that's type one and type two diabetes. So controlling your blood sugar level, um, again, talking to your doctor about those risk factors. This is a huge one diet. We probably hear it a lot in just chronic diseases, but diets that are high in saturated fats, trans fats, cholesterol that can all raise your blood cholesterol levels. Um, diets high in, uh, sodium so a lot of salt <laughs> got to be careful uh, can increase your blood pressure and then diets that are high in calories can lead to being overweight or obese so it's all kind of playing in into those risk factors that lead to heart disease and stroke and then the last one which I know we hear a lot is physical inactivity so not moving enough and definitely been hard from a lot of us working from home or if you're you know seniors getting out moving. Um, during this pandemic has been difficult, but physical activity can lead to increased your risk of heart disease and stroke with being overweight and obese, increasing your risk to high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. So we say Heart Association aim to get 150 minutes a week of physical activity in. Um, but again, if I leave you with one thing, it's to make sure that you're talking to your doctor about all these risk factors and how to prevent heart disease and stroke. Or you can head over to heart.org.
0: Very helpful, Meredith. I, I think I've told you this before, but I'm a type one diabetic, but I do have a Peloton, and I do ride more than 150 hours a week. So, you know, mitigating as many factors as humanly possible. Yes. Um, talking more. Talking more about this. So, what are some symptoms of stroke?
1: Yes, this is a good one. So, we use the acronym FAST. So, face drooping, arm weakness speech difficulty, and time to call 911. So face drooping is, again, if one side of your face or someone's face is drooping or numb, um, it's really important to make sure you're asking that person to smile. So is their smile uneven? Arm weakness is usually a, a big one. So weakness in the arm, numb. Again, asking that person or raising your arms is one drooping more. Speech difficulty is that slurred speech. Uh, So you're slurring your speech or they are. And then T is time to call 911, which I'm just going to like circle this, highlight it, exclamation mark it. But it is so critical to call 911 because with a stroke, and we probably heard it before, you have a very short window and it's so time sensitive and crucial to get that person yourself once you start showing signs to the hospital to get treatment. Um, So there's procedures that can be done. And if it's in that window, that four-hour window, you can improve um, your chances of a full recovery by 80%. So just remember fast and time to call 911 is most important. Um, So I'll leave it with that, but fast.
0: Perfect. Thank you. And then you mentioned some of these, but how can a person lower their risk of stroke?
1: Yes. Um, there's a lot of ways, and uh, I think you know the the biggest one is going back to some of those life simple sevens, and this is for how you can reduce your risk in heart disease and stroke. But taking action, um, February is Heart Month, and so we're really working with the CUNY folks to reclaim their rhythm. And really, it's simple. I think there's so much that goes into your health and well-being that if you can do one healthy habit. To help reduce your risk, that will continue uh, to prevent heart disease and stroke. So, every step, so moving more, focusing on nutrition and healthy meals. I do have some fun tips to reclaim your rhythm that I can talk through, but also align with a little bit more of not just the physical uh, prevention and and healthy tips and tools, but tying that with our mental well being as well. So, happy to go into that, but. It's, a, it's some fun, <laughs> fun tips. I'm just proclaiming it.
0: Well, that's great. How can people find out more information about heart health?
1: Yes, this is a great question. Easy way to go find out more information on heart health, how to be healthier is going to heart.org. We have a ton of resources there on education, recipes, support systems, stories. So it's just a wealth of knowledge is there. Um, so I would start heart.org. The other thing I did want to mention, I know I mentioned this before, but February is heart month. So coming up, we actually have um, on February 4th, National Wear Red Day. So I wanted to just squeeze this in because it's super important. National Wear Red Day is really supporting a future free of heart disease and stroke. So one thing to know, a lot of people know this, but I think it's lost, is Cardiovascular disease still remains the number one killer for women. And it's claiming one in three lives, women we love. And I think when I think about that, I just take a step back to realize how many women are in my life. Thomas, how many are in yours? That could be me, that could be my mom, that could be, you know, one of my friends, my colleagues. And I think women do so much for others. We sometimes forget to take charge of our own health. So National Wear Day is really focused on spreading that awareness of heart disease and stroke so that all women, all ages, all upbringings, all backgrounds can really take charge of their health and encourage others to do the same. So Heart Month is really focused around just educating, you know, women and men, everyone on heart disease and stroke. Um, February 4th is a really special day because we are wearing our red. I am today and i'll probably wear the sweater and taking photos and spreading that education and awareness um you know tagging us on social media at aha oregon and using fun hashtags PX goes red wear red day and heart month but there's a lot of information also on heart.org about heart month and what we're doing around it and how to show support and start educating women
0: and so for, for you meredith i it's little short story here, but my, my neighbor um, right across the street works at Make-A-Wish yes. uh, and and Meredith used to work there as well and, and told me all about her and all these wonderful things about uh, Meredith and uh, her name's Parvide- Parvane. Uh, she's a great friend and you, you've really made a career out of giving back and being part of these organizations that help others. So what led you to a career in philanthropy and, and the things uh, that you do and what led you to the American Heart Association altogether?
1: Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that question. So I'll rewind to when I was younger. My Both my parents actually worked in nonprofits. So I grew up from like one, just being involved in the community. And so as I started to get older and think about my future and what my passions were, I noticed two things. And one was public health and more of just like health and well-being. So I pursued a degree in that, which expanded my knowledge into really diving deeper into those social determinants of health, the barriers we're facing, how an individual can be healthier. So that was one of my passions, still is. And then my other, of course, as you mentioned, has just been giving back and being part of something bigger than myself. So when I thought about kind of my career growth, I worked at some great nonprofits and the Heart Association was always one that I was like, I have to work there because this is like my passions coming all together, so very fortunate that I've been here a little over two years and continue to just see the amazing impact we're doing in the community, trying to take down those barriers of healthcare access and just bringing people together to focus on their health, especially uh, during the pandemic. I know it hasn't been easy, so getting back to it. But long story short, kind of just naturally ingrained in me. And so here I am still in the nonprofit world and enjoying every minute of it.
0: That's great. The world needs more people like you. I want to give back and help others, and one of your big projects coming up is is the Heart Stroke Walk this June for Oregon and Southwest Washington, and you're you're spearheading the event, and I'm lucky enough to be on the executive leadership team. So, uh, gotten to know you, gotten to know the team, and Mark Manti, uh, who's who's running it for us as well, uh, the executive leadership board. So, so share share with everybody, share about the walk and and, and all the the great things that we're we're doing for it.
1: Yes. I love the Heart and Stroke Walk. Um, as some people may know, that is like my main focus at the Heart Association, it's really moving our mission forward and our impact through our Heart and Stroke Walk. But the goal of the Heart and Stroke Walk is really to get more people moving across Oregon and Southwest Washington, across the nation, really thinking about your overall health and well being, educating the community on the resources we have, and really coming together to celebrate the work that we've done year round as well as honor our survivors, remember those we've lost. In addition to this year, really celebrating our healthcare workers and our caregivers, because that's been, you know, huge. It's been over two years of being in a pandemic. So how can we all come together and celebrate everything that we've accomplished for the health and well-being of the community? But one thing I love about the Heart Walk, it is you know, free to register, encouraged to donate. And it's really just a fun, a fun time to get your family or friends or coworkers out. I know Avomir has a, a big team and we'll represent, we'll be uh, pushing that forward. I know Thomas, you've been a great leader so far and have a rockstar team. Um, but anyone else who's interested, you can visit pdxheartwalk.org for, for more of that information. Um, but yeah, we have two of our walks going to be planning in person, so really excited. But of course, still meeting the community and everyone where they're at. Um, so you can come join us in person in May and June, or uh, feel free to walk on your favorite trail or path near you. Just be just being part of the health and well-being of it all. So super excited.
0: Yeah, and here comes my shameless plug to join my team. So for <laughs> those interested in joining the Heart and Stroke Walk, uh, be part of our Avamir team. And uh, I invite you to join. Uh, at the end of this episode, you'll see a description. Uh, and you'll start to see more and more and briefly in the different ways we communicate here at Avonmere to help donate and support the cause and, and more importantly, be part of the walk, uh, with my team. Uh, part of my team is, uh, Rosalind Hughes-Smith out at Bethany, Chris Vandehy, my, my partner in crime, Cole Budin over at the Stafford. And, and we're really just uh, Deb Burns, I don't want to forget you, Deb, out in Sherwood. So we're, we're growing a team here, uh, to support our local communities and not only give great information to our seniors, but to our family members and to our team members. This affects everybody. And so uh, there's my shameless plug, but I, I want as many people in Avmir to join and, and be part of this uh, as a community. So thanks, Meredith, uh, for sharing about everything. Let's talk a little bit more about you, my friend. So uh, you're originally from California. What in the world brought you to rainy Oregon?
1: Uh, I know, that's the best question. Everyone's like, you're from California and you moved to Oregon. But yes, I grew up in California. I wanted to get out of state when I was looking at colleges. So I just fell in love with Oregon State University, Go Beavers, anyone who's out there, and decided to stay. I'm naturally just an outdoorsy person. I love to be active. Oregon has it all. It's so beautiful. The rain can get to you sometimes, but um, just really fell in love with it and then started my career here in multiple different nonprofits. So continuing to enjoy every minute of it and just the beauty that Oregon and even Washington has to offer.
0: I'm a I'm a duck fan, but I'll let it slide. Uh I'll let it slide. It's as 50% of the people in my life are beavers. So uh and and you love the great ex- to experience the great outdoors. I I we're friends on Facebook. I see your photos in Tahoe and you're skiing yeah. and you're always doing, you know, I'm just doing dad stuff at home. So I get to see <laughs> you doing all these cool things out there in the wilderness. Um uh, what is one of your favorite adventures you've been on?
1: This is a, honestly a tough question because like you mentioned, I'm trying to always get outside mainly because I love it. It's been ingrained in me. My family was like that too growing up, but too, I think through the pandemic I needed like an outlet where, where am I going to, again, lower my risks and chances of heart disease and stroke getting away outside of nature has really helped my mental well being as well. So There's like so many. Yes, I was just in Tahoe and it was beautiful skiing. But when I actually heard this question, I thought of one of my most exciting adventures, I would say, was when I was actually in Europe and I hiked the Schilthorn. I don't know if you're familiar with like the James Bond 007 Schilthorn. Yes gondola <laughs> um i hiked that and it's a long wow. story but you're supposed to be fully equipped with like literally clipping into the ropes when you get to the top my friend and i hiked in like our nike freezes and like water bottles and just climbed like scaled this little cliff and like got to the gondola and just looked horrible and we're like people are, like what are you doing we just climbed that mountain um, and i'll just never forget it it was so beautiful but also probably the most uh, unprepared hiking I've ever done. So if you're going to out, out there and hiking, <laughs> just make sure you are prepared. I've learned my lesson since, but it was a it was a pretty fun adventure.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're a little more adventurous than I am. <laughs> I, I, I don't like heights, so we're, my office is on the second floor here, and I wish it was on the ground floor. So yeah, you're you live a different life than I do. Uh, so uh, what book are you currently reading right now?
1: Um, I'm currently reading "It Ends with Us" by Colleen Hoover. So I feel like she's very popular among the the women women readers. But uh, she's good. Yeah, I need to focus more on my reading now. It's when I'm in it, I'm like super into a book. And then we all know how life happens. You're you're working. You're tired. Whatever. But I try to I try to read before bed to just again like detach from everything and be calm before I take my little sleep and wake up to repeat my life again.
0: Well, I'm reading uh, The Five Love Languages, uh, The Secrets to Love That lasts by Gary Chapman. Now, it's Valentine's Day coming up. My (laughs) wife and I have been married seven years, and this is – she doesn't listen to this podcast, but if she did, it's my recommitment to making Valentine's Day fantastic, Uh so – uh, that's what I'm currently on. Not my typical read. Let's be clear about that, but, um, figured I better spruce up before the big holiday coming up. So
1: yeah, you um, don't have to uh, listen to this podcast then you're going to be like, just listen
0: to this yeah. one section. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. one section. Yeah. Be, I don't know. She listens to me plenty. She does she' Like the last thing she wants to do is listen to me on a podcast, but she'll be at the heart walk. She's all perfect. perfect. So, I'll, I'll uh, let her know uh, then. Uh, <laughs> I'll report back if this book helped me at all. So uh, if anyone close to you were to describe you in three words, what would they say?
1: Oh, man, I feel like it depends what person you're asking. Uh, (laughs) I would say driven. I'm, as you know, my role of the heart cessation. I'm super goal oriented. I see it. I want to get it. So driven is a huge one. I would say personable. I usually get along with everyone, try to be very respectful and kind and always open to getting to know new people. Probably also why I'm great in this role. Thomas, you're one of these those personable people. Um, and I think the last one is, I think a lot of my close family and friends would say energetic. I'm similar to my mom in that we just like get super excited over things and like, just anything we're doing. We're like, we're gonna have so much fun. So just being that like energy for folks around. It's like it was it was my job. So I'd say this, but probably many more, well, I, I'm sure. Whoever I, you ask. <laughs> I haven't
0: known you I haven't known you very long, but those all seem to align. I was definitely gonna say if you didn't say kind, I was gonna be I was gonna jump right in there. I uh, you know, my you. experience with you is you're just always with a smile on your face and kind to everybody and you dedicate your career to helping. Similar to everybody in Admiral's world, our careers are dedicated to helping others and it makes life fulfilled. So appreciate the friendship. Uh, Here at Admir, we consider our residents family. What does family mean to you?
1: Well, I really, I really love this question. I think when I think about family, you know, it's not just your, your blood folks, people in your immediate family, but anyone that you consider just really close to you. And I think it's that support system that you have. You know, I think when I reflect the past two years, it's who are the people in my life that I can go to and lean on when I need it. Who's that light when it's been really dark for me and vice versa. Who are the people that I know they they can come to me with that support they need um, and just being there for each other. And family is definitely very, very important. I think that is, we've all taken a step back throughout the pandemic to reflect on what family means and how to be there for our family and those that are close to us. I wanna continue to make sure it's always a priority and, and in my family whoever that is. And AHA is definitely a family. So kind of, you know, you have family in multiple. So I love that after Mary, is that same feeling and same culture of being a family together.
0: Well, Meredith, I am super excited to be part of the executive leadership team and part of my small part in the American Heart Association. But I want to thank you for joining the podcast today and uh, always good to spend time with you.
1: Thank you. It has been wonderful. And I really appreciate, again, you giving me this platform to just talk and first podcast on the book. So thank you.
0: We'll have to do a recap after the walk and tell all <laughs> the big successes that we had. So
1: I know, I know. Maybe we'll bring in a, an Avamir walker too. And it could be like a, a
0: fun little podcast. Oh, a little, a little panel pod. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Wow. All right. Well, you go get outside. You, you get out of that, that apartment. You get outside and go enjoy yourself. I know, right? you too. You can uh, cool
1: down that way.
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to the people of admiral pod find us on your favorite podcast platform and follow your local admiral community on facebook to keep listening in